Hey, thank you for listening in to Risky Benefits, a podcast that informs you on all things benefits. We've got a saying around here, benefits isn't your main business, it's ours. Hey everyone, and thank you for listening to Risky Benefits. This week I have Tony Lodovico, Senior Vice President at Massa Medical Transport, and today we will be talking about medical transportation services. But before we meet Tony and dive into the podcast today, let's talk about what we're going to discuss today. So in general, we're going to cover an introduction to the medical transportation industry. Many of you out there may have never heard about it. So let's talk about it. What is it? How does it work? Why do people need it? How does payment for emergency medical transportation services work? What kind of costs are associated with it? And we'll talk in general about the ecosystem related to medical transportation services and a little bit about the company that Tony works for titled Masa. So Tony, thanks for joining us today. Uh, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? All right, Rick. And thanks very much for, for having us and uh, really appreciate the time. A little bit about myself is I have about 25 years in the healthcare industry and most recent last two years, I have been blessed to have the opportunity to come work at Massa Global. And in this capacity, I head up the business-to-business sales, uh, which we provide sales opportunity of our product, which we're going to talk about today, um, to businesses through employer benefits, where employees can access our product in their uh, benefits packages. My my whole career has been centered around healthcare, simply because of the opportunity to help people. Uh, I happen to have uh, the ability to sell as well, but I think the key for for me is that uh, I've been in it and stay in it for the the purposes of helping individuals. And I think what we'll find today and your opportunity to let me share the content about Masa is that Masa is a product that uh, anybody would be proud of representing and having in their possession because it does in fact help people and help communities. So Tony, uh, you mentioned just kind of before we started recording, that uh, you're into the Premier Football League. Uh, talk to me. You got kids. Like, what's your family life? What do, what's your yeah, life? Yeah. So, yeah, thanks. Um, so I have a beautiful wife. Of, um, gosh, if you if you ever tell anybody that I'm not able to tell you the number of years I've been married, it's 21. I just got it. I turned left and I got it. 21 <laughs> years of marriage with my beautiful wife. Her name is Kim. Uh, we met in Key West, Florida. Nice. Um, and yeah, that's not a story I like to tell my kids who are 20 and 18 years old. They are both awesome. My son goes to college at the University of North Florida. He's studying uh, financial planning. And my daughter goes to Cardinal Gibbons High School here local in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So it's so social distance learning right now for both of them. Uh, gosh, I, I got to tell you something. There is a fight in our house for uh, internet bandwidth like you went from- <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy. It's absolutely awesome. crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you know, Key West is a cool place. And, and actually, it's one of the only places where I believe I almost got a ticket or a citation for wearing a tie while walking around town, which, by the yeah. way, is not allowed in the city of Key West. Yeah, so just, absolutely. Just I, I, I almost want to give you a ticket right now for wearing a tie when you're in <laughs> yeah, the West. Yeah, but you can't. <laughs> it's, like, it's like business up top, you know, party down below. There. there you go. Right um, on. Well, that's awesome. Tony, thanks for thanks for joining us today. Uh, this is obviously a serious subject matter. There are a lot of people out there that I have yeah. heard of and, and heard a lot of personal stories about where somebody gets hurt out in the middle of nowhere and what happens, right? You, you hear stories about life flights. How does that get paid for? What are the costs associated with it? And we're going to get into some of that today. Um, so with that, Tony, 
Uh, we're certainly happy to have you today. Uh, let's start by telling everyone a little bit about the medical transportation industry. You know, what is it? How does it work? And in your opinion, you know, why do people need it? Sure. So, I mean, the medical transport industry serves several purposes. I would tell you that from an emergency transport purpose is when you call 911 uh, and you somebody needs to come on site, either a ground ambulance or an air ambulance, come on site and transport you in a state of emergency to get you to a hospital for care. That is one service provided by the, by the industry. Then you have non-emergent um, transports within the medical transport industry, which is if you're at a facility um, take, getting care, you're stabilized, but you find that you need another level of care or a different type of specialty care um, and you need to be transported. We call that non-emergent or intra-facility transportation. And in the uh, medical transport industry, uh, most likely both of those transports are not covered in um, in, in a traditional insurance plan. And the industry in and of itself um, has been around, and, and, and that's an important piece to this conversation, Rick, because the industry has been around and has been regulated um, since the Deregulation Act of 1974, where they could, in fact, on the air side, charge anything that they want, any price they want for the cost of a transport from one location to another, either emergent or non-emergent. And because they've been able to um, do that, they fall under a, a commercial airline um, deregulation act, meaning just what I said. If you get transported from a site of an accident to a hospital only five miles down the road by air ambulance, you may in fact get a bill upwards to forty to $50,000 for that five-mile transport. So, Tony, just so you know, in my previous career in management consulting, I was out in the middle of nowhere, and we had an individual who had an issue in the, in, in the evening and they, he ended up having to get a flight to civilization where he could get help. And I think the bill for that was about $70,000. And I remember talking with the, with the guys at the time and, and everyone was like, well, how, what's he going to do? I mean, how's he going to pay for this? And they're like, well, he's going to work a lot. And, um, you know, when you're thinking about recovering that that's really the last thing that people want to think about. I mean, obviously many people have families and that amount of money is enough to sink somebody um, so obviously this is an important conversation. So, so talk me through this. You know, you're, you get in a car accident, ambulance comes, gets you, takes to the hospital, you mm -hmm. get to the hospital. They realize that for what you need, it, it's just not going to cut it at this facility. They take you to another facility. Essentially you're looking at two different trips there that could be billed to you. And depending on your coverage within your health plan, it may not be covered. And if it's not covered, you're basically going to get a bill in the mail for services rendered. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what would happen, Rick. And in, in both of those cases, Moss's membership would provide coverage in both of those cases for that one incident that required two transports. Okay. So essentially, that's a little bit about you know the medical transportation industry, kind of what it is, how it works, um, why we need it, because clearly you need to get from one place to the other to get taken care of, which then kind of brings you to the next component of, well... How does one pay for emergency medical transportation services? You know, and maybe that's where MASA comes into play because you guys are providing something that helps people pay for it. Maybe talk to us about that. Yeah. So um, I think prior to talking to you about MASA, if you don't mind, the ability to pay for such services is so key. Yes, for the member, but it's so key for the other people in the community because if we cannot get a provider paid for their services, 
then there's a high likelihood that that provider will end up having to go out of business and that helicopter, which is much needed in the community and the ground and or the ground ambulance, much needed in the community, will not be able to stay operational. So it's, it's really important to know that the payer service that we provide, in fact, helps our member. That's who we care about most. But in helping our member, we also are able to reach to the rest of the community to say, hey, in helping our member, we pay for this provider service, which is now staying intact for in, in the event that somebody else in the community needs it. So how Massa, can you repeat that piece of the question though, Rick? I know I went off on a tangent on you there. No, you're okay. I, you know, let's just stick with what you've got there. You're, you're talking about the ecosystem. And so talk to me. I don't, I don't know that I, as a, you know, consumer really know what that means. So if I, Rick, you know, live in Leon County mm -hmm. and, um, somebody says to me, Hey, are you aware of what the medical transportation ecosystem is in Leon County? I'd, I'd say no. What, how might you, uh, explain to us what that ecosystem looks like? Yeah. So it's all elements of healthcare, right? So, and, and I would tell you it begins with, um, which we hear a lot about now with uh, COVID-19, you know, your, your 911, um, primary response, they, they in turn trigger a first responder, first responder goes to a um, site of an accident or a crash or wherever the emergency is. And then within that ecosystem, those first responder paramedics care for the patient on site. And then they move that patient. Um, many times, I think you just described one at one time, but within that same ecosystem, you can have a ground ambulance be called to an emergent site. And that ground ambulance that we know we need to use, or should we provide knows that they need to use a an air ambulance to lift that patient 50, 60 miles to a, to a level one trauma center within that ecosystem, a ground ambulance needs to get that patient to what's called a predetermined landing area. Okay. That ground ambulance transports that patient, which is something that needs to be paid for. And then a, an air ambulance comes in, picks that patient up, stabilized, gets them to their um, point of care within the, the hospital system now. So that's part of the ecosystem as well. So you mentioned earlier that, you know, the bill comes. Part of the ecosystem there as well is the billing cycle, the explanation of benefits that goes to the patient, then goes to the insurance company. Whatever the insurance company covers or does not cover gets back to the patient. And that information comes in our case to MASA. And we're part of that ecosystem as a payer of these services. And as a major, major patient advocate or member advocate, representing our member with the insurance companies and with the providers to ensure that the um, appropriate amounts of dollars were charged and that um, the primary insurance paid their appropriate amount, amount before the balance bill was given to the patient. Um, people who have a massive membership will benefit from the massive membership on that balance bill or that surprise bill that you often hear about in this industry. Okay. So if I'm understanding it correctly, and, and for the listeners, I'm just going to repeat it back to you. When we talk about the medical transportation ecosystem, it's really the environment that surrounds the incident that takes place. So when we think about your, your healthcare bill, it's almost as if to say, yeah, there are components of cost that stem from the actual facility itself or the hospital that you're going to. But then in addition to that, there are costs associated with the transportation that got you from the place of incident to the facility. And again, if you get there and they realize you need to be moved again, 
that could then be another additional charge that's outside of what happens within the facility, but specific to the transportation ecosystem. And to your point, sometimes it's an ambulance, sometimes it's a helicopter, uh, sometimes it's other some other means of transportation, but all of them have an expense. Uh, and so in that ecosystem, in an individual or any one of our listeners, if something happened, they would have the overall bills from the actual hospital then they would also have the medical transportation bills. When you add all of that up, push it against the healthcare plan, it somebody's going to say, this is covered, this is covered, this is not covered. Whatever's left over is what's going to come in the mail to an employee. And let's just assume that that employee has no relationship or that employer has no relationship with MASA. They're just going to get that in the mail and they're going to look at it and say, holy crap, how am I going to pay for this? That That's kind of the general scenario. Is that, is that accurate? Absolutely. So Tony, tell me, when you add MASA to the equation and you started to touch on this, what happens? Where do they intersect? Yeah, we intersect immediately to understand from the member's perspective, their full coverage, their explanation of benefit, right? So we have a, 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 and I'm very proud of the full support mechanism that MASA offers our, our members. We have a patient advocacy division that works directly with the member who in turn provides us an explanation of benefit, we contact the insurance company to understand their coverages that they provided. If there's a denial, many times a patient will be denied um, coverage on, by their primary insurance and a phone call from our patient advocacy will either get an understanding of that denial, but we'll still accept it and we would pay for it because we understood it to be um, medical necessity in an emergent flight or an emergent transport, or it falls in the guidelines of the master services agreement. And we would still pay for a denial on behalf of our member. And other times we, like I mentioned earlier, we talk with that insurance company to say, hey, let's go over the call notes here. Call notes being what the first responder is putting down on the notes as to describing what the incident looks like. Oh, this person has um, an opportunity of a loss of limb. Uh, or they have a compound fracture with a femoral artery burst, and you have this golden hour of care that needs to be um, understood that that patient needs to be transported to a facility for emergency care. Um, many times those notes aren't understood or they're just simply denied. And our, our patient advocacy steps in and, and ensures that our member gets appropriate level of coverage and then any balanced bill is taken care of by MASA. Okay. So you're really protecting the employee or individual at the end of the day when that bill oh, comes in. You're kind of the stopgap in between the bill provider and the and the bill recipient that says, hold on a second, some of these charges shouldn't be here. Some of these charges should have been paid for by the carrier and they weren't. Um, and so there's kind of this first pass of efficacy of claim. What What is in here? what should be in here, what wasn't paid that should be paid. Um, and you kind of look through it in that way. And then there's an element of, hey, because you have the MASA service, we're going to cover the cost on these components. Is that is that yeah. accurate? Yeah, it, it absolutely is accurate. And as our as our uh, CEO and owner has always said, and we always make this comment, we are in the business of paying claims. That's what we do. We don't provide services. We want to take care of paying claims and ensuring that our members are taken care of. Okay. Our tagline is any air, any ground, anywhere, MASA provides complete peace of mind. And when you think about that and you think about uh, healthcare coverage and employee benefits, we know that one of the top three stressors 
for employees is the financial stress that comes from the short-term concern of not being able to pay for out-of-pocket medical expenses. Um, and then the number one source is not being able to pay for uh, medical expenses or have um, a nest egg uh, be destroyed because of a short-term uh, medical necessity. And when you think of that and you and you understand that massa for dollar value that we provide the product and what we protect for the employee, we serve that employee and that employer real nicely. Okay. Well, that's awesome. I mean, it's really good to know. So, all right, we've established kind of what the uh, ecosystem is as it relates to medical transportation services. We've established essentially how it works and why people might need it. Um, talk to me about costs associated with medical transportation services. I mean, what are we really talking about? If you're sitting down in front of somebody helping educate them on, hey, why why you might want to look at this as as something that you are willing to pay for in your life, um, you know, wh what might you say to them? Um, what are the costs associated with not paying for a service like this? Well, I'll ask it in a more rhetorical question. Do you know how many EMS or emergency medical service treatments with either a ground ambulance or an air ambulance that occur every year? No clue. 25 to 30 million patients per year are transported either air or ground. That's an astounding number in and of itself, right? Yeah. And when you take the average cost of either the air um, and or the ground and you, and you aggregate for the types of transport that are that are involved in that 25 to 30 million, you're looking at a $32 billion industry. So an important notion here is that over time, cost of these types of transports have increased because more and more um, private providers have come into the market and they're charging more and more dollars for the services that are there. Reimbursement has gone down. So what we see is on the ground ambulances, the average balance bill on a ground ambulance is somewhere between $1,000 and $5,000, depending upon Medicare to, and, um, and uh, commercial insurance rates, approved rates. And when you say, sorry, Tony, when you say balance bill, just for the listeners out there, yeah. what you're essentially saying is, hey, you, you have to pay this as a person you have to pay this, right. somewhere in the process. Absolutely. So a, 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 a bill that would be submitted to an insurance company on a ground ambulance might be eight to $10,000, right? And then the insurance company would have an allowable, you know this, that that eight to 10,000, they may cover or three to six. And now that leaves a balance of, uh, of the differential there that now becomes the insured's responsibility. Massa would pay for that. On the air side, Rick, we're talking astronomical dollars. I just had, we just had a claim upwards to $78,000 for a flight that occurred um, out in, in the state of Wyoming. And uh, that particular flight, there was no insurance coverage. There was no coverage within the plan for air, emergency air transportation. That all came to Massa as a bill that we pay on behalf of our insurer. Gotcha. Well, it, you know, sometimes there's nothing like helping people understand the realities um, to really identify a need for, for specific individuals. And, and obviously those costs are real. I mean, you're, you're not, you're not talking about small coins here where this, this is some real money. Um, so talk to us, Let, let's say that somebody decided they wanted this. How, how does the payment for it work? 
you know, what are we talking about? Is there a range for how much this type of a solution costs? Talk to us a little bit. Yeah, so I think for the purpose of our conversation here, it goes back to a little bit of our business, our, our business model. NASA Medical Transport Solutions is a division within NASA Global, and we handle all of the business-to-business sales of our product. And what we've done is we've created a product that gives um, employees uh, through group rates uh, the benefit of a, of a product called an Emergent Plus, which is a product that has four um, benefits to it. You have emergency ground and emergency air transportation. You have non-emergent ground and air transportation, which means interfacility that we spoke about. And then it has a repatriation, which means basically we'll get you back home if you're away from home and you're transported to a hospital and now you're healthy, but you need to take a commercial flight back home. That's the Emergent Plus product. That product will um, it is our is our flagship product. It's the one that really everybody purchases uh, it's a $14 a month product. And Rick, you help me here, but most products that you sell in the insurance voluntary space, it comes with a price for the employee and then additional cost for each employee added, correct? Or excuse me, each dependent added. Dependent added, yep, yeah. Yeah, so in Moss's case, we have we charge one fee, $14, and that covers your entire family who's in your household. No, that, I mean, um, that sounds pretty good, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the average size of a family is four. You're looking at $3.50 for coverage for each of the people in your family. Um, and so it comes to $168 a year to protect yourself from having an out-of-pocket cost for ground on average, as I said, one to five or for air upwards to those $30,000, dollars $50,000 claims. To me, it becomes a no-brainer and it really completes the healthcare package for an employer and an employee because it takes care of you. You don't have to deny um, getting into an ambulance, which we hear that quite often because, you know, you have your master, massive membership. And then on the financial side, you're not dipping into a savings plan or something that your employer is providing you as your nest egg opportunity to pay for such services. So we believe that MASA completes the overall healthcare benefits package. That's the Emergent Plus product. I'm not going to go into great detail on the Platinum product, but what our Platinum product has is those four benefits and then an additional nine benefits. Things that range from children return home, pet return home, uh, vehicle and boat return home. And it's a global product where it covers the insured um, outside of the United States um, within the limits of certain areas of our, our MSA. So, you know, as somebody who was a management consultant and traveled the world uh, in different places on behalf of an employer, you know, it, the, the, the platinum product might be great for firms like that where I have to get on the plane. As an example, I used to get on a plane in, in, in Fort Lauderdale. I'd fly to uh, Atlanta, from Atlanta to MSP, from MSP, Minneapolis, St. Paul to uh, Seattle, Washington, from Seattle, Washington to Anchorage, Alaska. And, and and that's just one way, right? And so anything could happen anywhere within that chain of events. And then all of a sudden, I got to get home too. And so, you know, that type of coverage for consulting firms out there who who offer those types of services and have people traveling like that um, could be of value. Um, similarly, if you're, you know, a trucking company and you're kind of out, your distribution centers are out in the middle of nowhere, somebody got hurt, needed assistance. So y- I think you could start to see what types of companies this could be very beneficial for, not to mention the fact that you never know when somebody's going to be traveling and something bad's going to happen, you know, within the U.S. Um, so a couple questions or, or just 
key things I want to point out to those that are listening. One of the things you said was, is this is sold at a group basis. So for all you employers that are out there thinking, hey, how, what are some ways for us to provide more value to our employees? Um, look through your claims, see if any of, of them have ever been hit with these in the past. But I would also say, um, you know, if you provide this on a group basis and you think it's of value to your employees and it provides them peace of mind, um, that's always a good retention tool. It's always a good recruiting tool to refine or sharpen your benefits package, not to mention the fact that it could save their family's financial well-being. Um, and then I would say if you're an employee and you like it, maybe it's something you talk to your employer about and say, hey, I heard about this. Uh, could you guys look into it? We're interested in it. Um, because that, that's how you could obtain value in, in this way. And I guess the last question I would ask you, Tony, is are any of your groups or your employers just paying for this on behalf of their employees or, you know, how are, how are employers handling this type of a service? We have found, uh, most recently as well, that more and more employers are doing one of two things. They either pay for it in full for their employees because it is a very reasonable price, $168 for employee retention to tell them that you really care about them, right? Um, or they're also doing a cost share with the employee. And in both cases, it's, it's tremendous because the employees get a good understanding of a benefit that they, if they didn't otherwise have, they would not otherwise know is available to them. So it's so important that we do things like this where we educate people, we educate communities um, so that we can ensure that people are taken care of in communities and that the providers that do what they do so well that we're seeing right now that's going on throughout the country with uh, COVID-19, uh, what they do so well, they're able to continue doing it knowing that they have the support of somebody like NASA to help the victims of such emergent situations. So Tony, one last thing that I was going to bring up uh, prior to kind of closing out today, I did hear that legislation had been passed to kind of lighten up the HIPAA rules around what can be communicated to help with medical transportation type services in such a way that with COVID-19 and a lot of things are going on, um, now the first responders are able to collect whether or not the individual is sick and uh, or obtain that from, say the police dispatch in advance so that they can come in prepared in order to protect the people that are providing the service as well. So um, there are a lot of extra measures being taken in, in these times to try to make it a safer process for everybody. So I just put that out there. Tony, thank you very much for coming on today. We certainly appreciate having you. Um, for all the listeners out there, just quick recap. We talked about medical transportation industry, what it is, how it works, why people need it. We talked about payment for these types of services, the, the costs associated with it, and the overall ecosystem and what's in place. So if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, things you'd like to learn about, uh, reach out to us, www.fbmc.com. We'd love to get back with you. Thank you to all of our listeners for taking the time today. Thank you, Tony, for being on. Uh, you. you can find us and subscribe on any podcast app. So we look forward to hearing from you and everyone have a great day. Thank you for listening to Risky Benefits. If you're interested in learning more, please visit www.fbmc.com. We hope you'll join us next time on Risky Benefits.